Our Lakeshore campaign features content that some viewers may find uncomfortable, including gun violence, drug use, and sexuality. For more detailed information, including full content warnings and transcripts, check out the show notes or our website, therealmscast.com. Previously on Many Realms, Kitty returns to her apartment to pick up some clothes and talk to Philip. She interrogates him about his connection to the dead man, and he flies off the handle, telling her she's being reckless and ruining their marriage. Susan visits her contact, Louie, who has plenty of sunshine to sell. Susan buys some, but notices it seems a little off. Louie swears by it, but won't tell her where he gets it from. Roman once again meets up with Ileana, who's teaching her how to anamorph. Just when it seems like the two are approaching a mutual respect and honesty, Roman asks Ileana to promise that she'll never lie to her, and Ileana coldly rebuffs her. The naturalist ladies share what they've learned, that a schism has split the wolves into pro-rex and anti-rex camps. Our heroes decide to make contact with the wolves to learn more, and head to the docks for a visit to a werewolf bar called Trixie's. Hi, I'm Jory. I play Kitty the Oracle, and it's good to be here. Can you do yours upside down? <laughs> My name is Eli. I play Roman the Fae, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jillian. I play Susan the Hunter. It's upside down. Good to be here. What's up? I'm Jordan. I play Knox the Tainted, and it is good to be here. I'm Jesse. I'm the MC, and I'm not a werewolf. I just have Eastern European genetics. Welcome to Many Realms. Okay, you all head into Trixie's. I think the sign probably says something like um, weird and incongruous, like Trixie's Saloon. Like it's been around for a while and just like that's its full proper name. Inside you are in a wooden building. It is a high ceilinged, kind of narrow and runs really like far back. It's sort of that railroad style shape. There's a uh, coat check to your left, further down a long bar to your right. And at the exact opposite end of the room, there is a small stage that has some colorful pink and purple lights. The decor here seems to be like kind of uh, like weird, rough dock worker mixed with kind of like a gentle feminine touch behind the bar. In addition to like huge plastic jugs of whiskey and gin are also like vases full of flowers. Um, There's like kind of nice lighting fixtures that have been like cracked and bent over the years. It has a lot of character. So the aesthetic is like railroad mom. Yeah. Trixie's is mostly uh, frequented by dock workers, as we know. On a long Saturday night after a Saturday day shift, people are slamming back mugs of frothy ice cold beer and generally having a pretty good time. Um, there's no one on stage right now, but they've got a radio at the bar blaring some, maybe a little bit of kind of country western hint. I don't know if they had western music back then. They must have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Country um, and six. Is, 
What we're doing hitting the streets. I think you can hit the streets if you are looking for Alon. We're looking for Alan, yeah. Then you should roll with uh, Knight. Do we all do? I mean... I would like to mark yes. off more factions. Nice. I'm going to have trouble, though, because everyone's going to know who I am because I'm a famous jazz musician. Yeah, that's city, always... Right? Yeah, that's really hard to do. It's always a problem. Well, I did a bad job. Okay. I did a bad job, too. Can I mark it? <laughs> yes. Oh, I got a six. <laughs> really? Four fucking clowns walk into a bar. <laughs> Their huge shoes honking with each fucking wait, wait, step. I rolled an 11. I think that you will still experience like a huge consequence for three of you choosing to roll and all failing. Because um, that's, uh, <laughs> you're testing my gentle patience. The shift is like electric. As soon as the door opens, everyone kind of reflexively like turns to see who's like back at the bar, who's here to like talk shit or whatever, do some work with. And instead it's strangers. And it's like a lady that looks like she just came from church. It's like, a weird little punk girl who looks feral. Um, <laughs> Canon. Lesbian Draco Malfoy. Canon. Uh, haircut. And uh, what's your demeaning <laughs> description? I mean, I'm sunglasses and a leather jacket kind of gal. True. At You're night? Yeah. Rolling nice. in fucking Winona Earp style. Yeah. Have you physically like interacted with Alan before? I don't <laughs> think so. But I know Calvin really well. Everyone is just staring like full daggers at you. Like, what do you fucking think you're doing here? Susan, you see a guy at the far end of the bar. He hasn't noticed you come in. He looks like he's sort of keeping like a low key. He's in like a shadowy corner, trying not to draw attention to himself. But you can tell by like the shape of his like long straight nose and his full jaw, that person's got to be related to Calvin. I would like to buy him a drink. Are you going to like talk to him first or like get the drinks and bring them over to him? No, buy drinks, sit down with a drink, power move. Oh, love it. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. You uh, roll up to the bar and ask for... Beer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Werewolves only drink shock top. <laughs> that's so fucked up. <laughs> it's White Claw. Come on. Oh. You you get two uh, mugs of Goodman's. The bartender like gives you a massive stink eye. I tip her really well. Yeah. Swipes the change into her apron, stalks off to the other end to start talking to someone else. Um, and you carry the mugs over to the young man sitting at the table there. I assume the rest of you follow. Um, yes. So, Roman, you would see Susan approaching a table, and then you would recognize the person at the table as Alan. Um, I'll run up to him. He is totally shocked to see you. He says, uh, 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 what are you doing here? Well, what are you doing here? We both live in the same place. Uh, I missed you so much. Why? Are you going to come home? I, um, uh, sit down. Everyone just sit down and be quiet for a second, please. I think Roman, like, goes to hug him. No, sorry. But he, just, yeah, he yeah. is not. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be, you just, everyone just sit down, okay? Yeah? I slowly push the drink towards him. Uh, cheers. Who might you be? Roman, who do you got? Uh, keeping Hi, company I'm these Kitty. days. Kitty. Hi, it's nice great. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's Knox. How do you do? I'm good, you ever heard of, uh, Cellar Doors? Yeah, 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 they, they play, um, they play the hardware now and then, don't they? You're, uh, the drummer or the something? Piano? Guitar. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Thanks. Hi, I'm Susan. It's uh, nice to meet you. We are here to help. Help with what exactly? Well, Alan, we 
heard, I mean, I was surprised to hear you're here at the docks, but we heard that you are not too happy with the way things are being run these days. And I lower my voice as I say it. Yeah, you could, you could say that. Yeah, you could say that. I, I, I'm very glad that you've come to, to say hi, Roman, but, uh, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just not really sure how it's any of your concern. I mean, you've got an entire family who's quite concerned about your well-being, and I haven't heard from you. So, there's that. Are you a social worker or something? Whoa. I happen to be good friends with your brother. How is he? In rough shape. What would you expect? I know. He's upset, you asshole. (sighs) He's distraught. You guys are going to Felix this guy right into the lake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the mechanics at the garage were arguing over you and how worried they were. I'm sorry to hear that. And your room is collecting dust. I live there now. It's collecting adult women. (laughs) (laughs) There was a whole naturalist society in there the other day. It's a nuisance. (laughs) I've set traps. I mean, on a personal level, Alan, we came, I came running around the city looking for you, but, you know, we do all have our own shit going on, including, I'm sure you've heard, all of this trouble around Sunshine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it uh, you want from me, exactly? Um, I would like to figure someone out. Okay, yeah, that's great. So, roll with mind. Seven. Yeah. You got a question? I guess I want to ask who's pulling your character strings. Or, sorry, wait. Do we already know he's kind of like anti-Rex Lemaire? We don't know which side he's on. We have we have a feeling he's part of the... You haven't, like, confirmed anything, no. Okay, um, I'll change it. What's your character hoping to get from, um, like, moving to the docks and stirring up trouble? The front door of the bar opens and another young man walks in. He has long, curly, dark hair that's pulled back in a ponytail. He also has a leather jacket on, which is great. You have something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And some like kind of stained work pants and big boots. He's got his sleeves pushed up. He walks in also kind of like shyly and kind of low key. He's tried to not make a, a lot of attention for himself. And when Alan sees him, he brightens. Alan's whole face like lights up. You watch as he like waves kind of quietly, low key and trust motion the other guy over. But then a uh, woman of about 45, 50 years, she's heavy set, broad shoulders. She's got kind of blondish gray, kind of like faded blonde hair that curls behind her ears, stands up with her mug in her hand and loudly enough so that everyone in the whole bar can hear, she says, Thought I told you not to come around here anymore. And um, the guy at the door says, uh, just gonna, just trying to get, and um, the woman like shoves her arms out and pushes the guy back against the door. He uh, reels backward and bumps his head against the door frame. And Alan stands up and starts moving towards the door of the bar. What do you all do? Roman will follow. I'm still gonna back up my BFF. Yeah, okay. I'll just keep describing things until you tell me what's up. Uh, Alan runs up and says, 
Leave him alone. He's... Fuck off. You don't need to be doing this. And the woman reels around and smashes her empty mug of beer into Alan's head. And Alan flies back against the bar and collapses onto the ground. Okay, I'm gonna use a fey move. Okay, so I'm gonna use Bedlam. She says, don't fucking touch me. I'm gonna use Bedlam, touch a target to place them in a specific emotional state. Nice. Don't touch me. I touch her. I touch her. (laughs) I defy her consent. (laughs) Yeah, so I just get to do it, but I do mark corruption. Nice. Oh, cool. And I want to calm her down. You set your mood ring from, like, hungry, tired, like, wistful, horny to calm. I put it in between calm and horny. It's like... You know when you, like, wake up on a Sunday? It's fine. What day is it today? (laughs) You, You feel that like those little pinpricks of golden light dancing on the edge of your fingertips as you uh, place a hand on her shoulder. Do you say anything? Nobody's looking for a fight here. She uh, spins around and you can see she has this kind of this heavy face. It's clear that she's like another uh, veteran dock worker. The tolls of decades of physical labor have etched themselves on her body and she kind of glares at you from beneath this furrowed brow and then her expression softens. And she stands back and she folds her arms and regards you. It doesn't stop a handful of other patrons of the bar from standing up and moving towards the front, too. They look like they're kind of blocking out your means of exit. Uh, Is Alan conscious? I would say he's, if not unconscious, then like on the ground, fitzy woozy. We'll just be leaving. Thanks. Should we... We're gonna take Alan. Whoa, whoa. Gotta get them yeah. somewhere safe. Yeah, oh, all of us. With them. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. The guy closest to the door who has this uh, big, long, silver, bushy beard and like a rippling, like brawny paper towel plaid shirt Ooh. moment leans over and bears down on you, Susan. He's got at least like four or five inches on you. And he says, uh, Fuck are you doing in a place like this? My own business. Anything that happens here is our business, little girl. These folks. Needs medical attention, so we'll be leaving. Since she asked so nicely, how about you get on out of here and we'll deal with our own? You can see his hand is drifting down towards a uh, uh, knife sheath that he wears on his hip. Can I like flash my coat over my gun? Like yeah. reveal it? You have your threatening move, right? I do. I think this counts as you use it. Cool. It's called Do You Feel Lucky? Cool. <laughs> so this is Persuade an NPC, but I get to roll with blood. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's a 13. Okay, describe to me this like badass moment of you like scaring this guy off. He brought a knife to a (laughs) gunfight. Yeah, so he starts reaching for a weapon and I think I just, it's it's like a slow, like no sudden moves, adjustment of my coat, the roll the shoulders back. Yeah, me too, bud. Um, (laughs) And he's like, nope, they're coming too. His one eyebrow shoots up when you reveal just how much habanero spicy heat that you are packing this evening. His hand uh, moves away from the sheath at his hip. And then to the gun. (laughs) (laughs) And then to the two battle axes strapped to his back. I think that he looks over at Roman and the woman that she has bewitched. And he says, uh, she fixes Vera. I Jedi wave. No, I just touch her again and she's back to normal. She kind of reels back and blinks heavily. The guy uh, snorts and spits down on the floor of the bar. Says, fine, take your trash. Evening. Wasn't very nice. I like motion to Knox <laughs> to like, stretch her carry Alan out of here. Kitty hated all of this. Good, good. <laughs> just, just get out of this fucking He's never dump. coming back to the docks. 
this guy leads you down a little side alley to a back door that's kind of half buried behind some toppled trash cans. It's a bit of a hole. And uh, instead of unlocking the door, he kind of like lines his shoulder up and hits it at a certain angle. And uh, it springs open, clatters off the interior wall. And you four find yourselves at the top of a staircase that leads down to a grimy little basement apartment. A single like jail cell window lets in the bleakest amount of like moonlight. There is like a couch that doubles as a bed. There's uh, like a beat up old radio. So it's uh, like Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Wow. It is like Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. The other guy takes Alan from your arm, Susan, and lays him down on the couch and says, uh, maybe we can make him some tea. That feels like a kitty thing. (laughs) She's not going to make tea in someone else's house. How gauche. (laughs) She is a guest. I'm sorry. You're right. Do any of you have anything to say to this person that you just met? Uh, Who are you? What is your name? Waiting for answers. Uh, I'm Hotch. Do y'all mind introducing yourselves? Uh, I'm Roman. I was Alan's roommate. Oh, you're Roman. He's mentioned me. Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? He, you know, he ran away, right? Nobody knows where he is. Well, do you know what's happened to him since then? No, that's why we're here. Well, because well, I, I do. So believe me when I say he's talked about you often and fondly. I like <laughs> caress the <laughs> passed out Alan. I missed him. Roman, like, needs a second to think about that because that, like, is very surprising there so everyone else can just talk now. What do you mean, what happened? Well, I suppose you didn't just come here for tea and cookies. Although I would (laughs) appreciate... If you have any quality street. (laughs) What, look, I I can help you out here, but I need to know what your business is. People don't just stroll into Trixie's looking for a good time because they don't have any good times at Trixie's. They ran out. What were you strolling in for then? Came to get Alan. That was gonna go really well. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad you noticed. Your powers of perception astound and astonish me. Okay. What'd you say your name was? Knox. Great. Nice to meet you, Mr. Knox. Uh, I'm I'm Susan, and perhaps we have a common enemy. Now that's the first interesting thing someone said all night, Susan. He uh, grabs the whistling kettle off the hot plate. Hot plates invented yet? Stove? Something. They are in Lakeshore. He grabs the kettle and he like sloppily uh, pours like four or five mugs full of hot water, rifles through a cabinet until he finds a box of tea bags that like something in the cabinet has leaked and the corner of them are like all wet. And he fishes out a few dry ones and plunks them in and starts um, passing them around to all of you. And he um, puts one on the little uh, coffee table next to Alan before he wakes up. And he says, uh, what's that about a common enemy? Yeah, Rex Lemaire. Now, what do you have against, uh, our good old boy Rex? Do I believe that? He's, He's sarcastic. being sarcastic, yes. Okay. You don't have to roll for that. Okay, great, thanks. It's just, because my voice is so deep and masculine, everything I say kind of sounds like it's drenched in irony. But that, <laughs> that one was. Rex so rudely interrupted the sunshine supply in the city and uh, has been after a piece of technology that may have come across my desk. Will you steal it? Hmm, no, I didn't. All right. Uh, well, the first half of that I can, I can really get behind for each sister. 
without sunshine, uh, wool's been hit pretty hard. Things are kind of falling apart around here. You picked a bad day to stroll up to the docks, but... Is there a good day? Mmm, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's missing in regards to sunshine production? He, uh, looks up at you with, um, big dark eyes and studies you inquisitively. And he says, uh, well... That's an interesting question with some interesting answers, depending on who's asking exactly. So what? You uh, found yourself with one of Rex's toys, and now you're looking for revenge? Paint me a picture here. <laughs> well, my associate, Nox, here discovered this machine. It measures magic, I guess, in my park. I, I have the picture of the machine. We do. Okay. So I want to show him the picture of the machine just for, you know, okay. visual aids. Also, the man's in the picture. I don't know. Sure. He doesn't seem to recognize either, okay. but he's listening and he appreciates the visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could consider me like a park ranger, I suppose. Park rangers usually got as many guns as you. Depends on the park. Do you want a clean take of Susan saying that cool comeback? Depends on the park. Mine happens to be full of demons. Fair enough. I don't get out to the West End much. So, okay. So we found this machine. I have my own reasons for being interested in sunshine. Everything's just kind of colliding all at once. Rex is after the machine. I don't want to get murdered. What did you want from Alan? Well, I mean, first of all, you've alluded to some pretty interesting stories. I think we've given you a fair amount of information on good faith. It's time to talk to us about what he's doing here and what you all are doing against Rex Lemaire. <laughs> you don't let a thing slip by you, do you? I try. I like that. I like him sharp. All right, I suppose I owe it to you fair enough, seeing as you helped me with Alan and all. Where to begin? It's like this. You probably know that uh, Rex just about runs damn near everything around here. And... Uh, that the wolves uh, enjoy a healthy profit, a decent quality of life based largely on the revenues from distribution of sunshine. You might have heard that recently Rex has ceased production. I believe you mentioned that, Miss uh, Susan. Right. So uh, that in some ways was a bit of a straw that broke the doggy's back, as it were. A couple of folks decided that they were better off without Rex's meddling hands in and about their business and um, have started uh, investigating alternative methods of production and maybe even uh, alternative forms of governance for the wolves that might kind of bring them out from under the thumb of Rex and his cronies. I, if you can believe it, am such one of these daredevil counterculture werewolf revolutionaries you've been reading about in the papers. Nice to meet you. I love Hotch. <laughs> now Hotch can say that is ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> now, for my own peace of mind, I have to ask how Alan ended up in your merry band. That one's my fault. I admit it plainly. We're doing our best to separate our operations and to figure out who we can trust here at the docks and, uh, it's not always easy. We've gotten ourselves in a few scrapes getting this far, and um, Alan and I have been uh, close since I came up river and decided to plant some roots down here. And uh, there was one day I got into a, a 
pretty bad mess. I was, uh, it was looking like it was time for me to tap out for good. I needed help. Alan was the only one I could get a hold of, and he uh, spent the last month nursing me back to health, more or less. Uh, what happened to you? You saw Vera back at Trixie's. Yeah, she's kind of the self-appointed spokeswoman for Wolves Lovin' Rex Lemaire, W-L-R-L. She came across me doing some no-no bad time business, and she decided to uh, set it pretty square. Only not with a mug of beer this time, with uh, the hot piece of lead. Uh, he pulls his jacket away, and you can see there's like a cool scar on his, on his by his like rib cage. And he's Are like, they dating? Yeah, they're gay werewolf boyfriends. So how high is Vera in the pecking order? Uh, I'd say she's a pretty big pecker, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she is. Is there any other? gathering spots for everyone that's sympathetic to Rex other than uh, Trixie's there? Well, I might not be at liberty to answer a question so freely as that until I had a bit more of an understanding of what it is we could do for one another. You hate Rex, right? Rightly so. Rex hates me. Sorry to hear it. (laughs) My condolences. And so, in turn... I hate Rex. We're following so far, yes? Yeah, but what is it you can offer us, Mr. Knox? A lot of uh, feisty emotions, maybe a sharply penned letter? I'll pull out the old gun. Uh, does he recognize it? I'm pulling it out. You know where I got this? Now, yeah, see here, son. That's one of the pieces that Rex's goons like to carry. How'd you come across a thing like that? And you better answer quick. Well, I'll tell you something. It wasn't just sitting in a garbage can. I got it exactly where you think I got it from. Fuck. They shot my fucking sister. Shit. Now, I would have had a pair of them, but I only really managed to score the one. So, uh, only that if it came in a pair, then it's likely the other half is looking? Yeah. So that's not good. No, it's not. Okay. This is uh, getting more interesting by the minute. What do you propose? That we work together towards a common goal that we seem to very obviously have. Despite what everybody seems to be saying, let's fuck with Rex Lemaire. <laughs> Only one person said that. They yeah. said it loud and a lot. And then she died. <laughs> How many people do you have? More than a few, less than an army. Look, man, I can't give up all my yeah, secrets that's fine. here now. That's fine. What I could do for you, most likely, is mm. uh, arrange a meeting with uh, some of my managerial supervisors. And maybe we can uh, create a dialogue going forward. Look, I'm a grunt, man. I can't answer all these questions for you. One more thing. What's that? We get sunshine flowing back in this city, not under Rex Lemaire, but under you. Like, as in under, like, the people, the wolves. We have a chance to get a monopoly on it ourselves and make some big money right Then now. you're gonna... I really don't want to get into the drug dealing business. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna start cutting us a deal and selling me sunshine for cheaper than Rex was. You got a head for business, too. You an accountant? Yeah, don't ask about it. I wasn't gonna. It's terribly boring. (laughs) Again, that's not a promise I can make, but it's an interesting proposition. In fact, uh, we could always use uh, better and better distribution networks all the time. Louie's kind of a shithead. (laughs) Is Susan like you? I ain't even know. (laughs) Susan gives Hotch a wink. Yeah, yeah, I figured as much. Okay, so maybe we get into business a little bit. How about I take you folks round about and we say hello to the boss man? 
I like the sound of boss man. As you all finish up your tea and Hotch agrees to take you to a meeting, he first grabs an ice pack from out of his chest and uses a piece of cloth to affix it to Alan's temple. He kind of looks up at you helplessly and says, uh, I hate leaving him alone like this. He leans down and kisses Alan on the top of the head and just um, he uh, starts leading you out the door. You, let's say, hop on a streetcar that leads out of the docks and over to the kind of joined but distinctly sort of separate area of the distillery district. The docks is all about shipping like all kinds of goods, but the distillery district is based on the actual production of uh, usually alcohol. You get off the streetcar stop and walk under a row of flickering street lamps behind the massive brick wall of the Goodman Distillery. And you head around to the back door. True to noir fashion, there's a little peephole cut in. Uh, Hotch knocks twice and the peephole slides open and some suspicious, sus-looking eyes peer out and they say, um, yeah. And Hotch goes, don't make me do all this the whole time. Uh, we got some people here to see uh, Mr. Cho. The eyes glance around at all of you and then the raspy voice says, you guys cops? God's no. <laughs> you gotta tell me if you're cops, all right? I what mean. It's entrapment. Yeah, otherwise it's entrapment. We're not, but I don't think that's true. Hodge is like, shut up and just let them in already. The people slide shut and the door opens and you enter this kind of shadowy service corridor at the back of the distillery. There are hallways leading like further to the front half of the building that's a bit more like public facing. They probably sometimes give like tours and stuff, you know, big like conveyor belts and massive pumps and um, strainers and mashers and all those kinds of things. Big like gleaming tanks of brass under the like pale fluorescent work lights of the overnight shift. He instead takes you down these like winding back corridors of uh, maintenance hallways and and inventory rooms until you reach an unmarked uh, metal door. Hotch knocks three times and then opens it without waiting for a response. Inside this room, it looks like a uh, like regular inventory room has been hastily converted into like a fairly fancy looking office. Mm. Like a huge rug has been like brought in and it's kind of squishing against the edges of the walls because it's like not quite the right size. A desk has been sort of awkwardly brought in. You can see scratch marks on the door where it was like forced through um, with a little lamp on it. A shelf that used to contain like cleaning supplies and buckets and shit is now lined with like old books. It's kind of got a nice little den here. And sitting at this desk is a man. He is in his late 30s, early 40s. He is Korean. He's a little heavy set with a round face and little round glasses perched on the edge of his nose. He has uh, straight dark hair that's parted very neatly and crisply to one side. He's writing in a ledger. And when you knock and you enter, he puts it away in the drawer and looks up, steeples his finger and uh, smiles up at all of you and says, um, to what do I owe this pleasure? I want to discreetly let Susan know that this was the man from my vision. I recognize him immediately. Maybe just like grab Susan's yeah, hand. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get like oh, the message across. You get like this guy. This Morse guy, this code. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to do like one of these. So you like you grab her tricep. I, yeah, I grab her knowingly. tricep and give it a little squeeze. And I'm like, wow, you're so ripped. Yeah, you're like, oh, thank God. You're like, I don't the know if she felt that. The guns are still here. Yeah. <laughs> Too many muscles. The in most the way. important guns are these. Speaking of guns, there are two burly, burly, burly boys on either side of the desk, rippling out of their 
leather jackets, t-shirts, you <laughs> slut. Um, uh, two burly guys standing there, and they've both got, you know, let's say Tommy guns. I like that. Tommy guns strapped to the back. Um, and they survey you coolly as the guy at the desk looks up and says, uh, Hello. Mr. Cho. Nice to meet you. Who might you be? Roman. Nice to meet you. Please uh, have a seat. Hodge, can you get another? And Hodge's like, yeah, I'll get a chair, Mr. Cho. Hodge goes, grabs more chairs for all of you to sit. We hear we're not the only ones sick of Rex Lemaire. Oh, that's uh, that's so interesting. Why do you uh, why do you mention that? We've heard that sympathy is perhaps dwindling. He's uh, he also sent his goons, and they shot me. So that's not very nice. I'm quite sorry to hear that. But then we killed them. Oh, well, that's that's quite interesting, too. (laughs) (laughs) Only one of us did that. And it was not these three. (laughs) When I said these three, I gestured at the the ones who did not murder. (laughs) The the long short of it is we're interested in this whole operation you got going on here and think that this can be a mutually beneficial partnership. Okay, I'm 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 listening. I'm all ears. What exactly do you want to offer this guy? Well, we have the information about the whole machine with the wolves and all that, which seems kind of pertinent. So yeah, so you know the wolves don't like Rex. Like we, that's gotten us this far. Sure, great. You don't know what the wolves want to do about Rex. You haven't really had that conversation with anyone. And you also, if you want to get something out of this, need to at least like offer him like we can do this for you or like if we can make a deal about this like i need some terms you guys are in the 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 dealings of of sunshine like that seems like an empire that would be very interesting to anyone as a prospect to take over we also don't know what this has to do with like demons and the supernatural yet even though we have a sense that it's connected and at least for kitty that's the most important thing like i don't care about drugs i care about safety Square! Yeah. I don't care about drugs. I care about safety. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how other people are feeling, but Roman is a little bit like, let's work together, let's fucking kill Rex Lemaire. Um, I think like saying I want to kill Rex Lemaire is like a great yeah. start. Yeah. Just like let him know how like why you for I don't know if my Friends feel the same way, but uh, Rex has made a few waves around the city for better or for worse. And Mr. Cho, I'm a simple, simple woman. I just want my drugs to flow free into the city. Yeah, Rex the Mayor's time in the sunshine is over. (laughs) (laughs) He's blown away. I think he he kind of nods slowly and thoughtfully, still kind of like hunched behind his little steepled fingers. And he says, um, and you would have the um, services required to uh, make such a change? Well, it sounds like you have a wealth of information and resources and we have the audacity and the muscle to make things happen. I think, yeah, our forces combined could make that happen. Okay, that's interesting. How come I've never heard of you before? Well, we don't, most of us, make a habit of leaving Fairside when there's no trouble being made, but uh, more and more trouble is being made every day. Well said. What information do you need from me? What is your beef with Rex Lemaire? 
Well, I don't know how much you know about how things operate around here at the docks, but uh, Rex tends to um, offer a little and take a lot. I think he's been giving the werewolves a raw deal for a long time. Me personally, I'm a little new on the scene, but I'm not one for it. I think uh, we should show him, and I've been working, you know, primarily from a grassroots level, encouraging our brothers and sisters to uh, stand up and refuse the dangerous, exploitative, and uh, criminal work of such a degenerate. And uh, I think we're making great strides, but if you have a, a faster way to get to the end result, you know, I think that could be workable too. There's something to be said for efficiency. What are these methods of yours? Well, uh, I don't like to give away all my trade secrets, but we've worked to create a community, uh, educate, agitate, organize, get people on board and recognize that they're uh, being played like fools. I think a lot of these uh, these fine folk, he gets a little political. He's sort of like giving like a bit of like a speech and he's like, I think a lot of the fine people of the docks uh, just don't realize how bad they have it. And they think that these systems that exist that are just the way things have to be, but they're not. We can make a change. How political are we talking here? Like, is he literally a politician? No, no, no. He's just, he's just, uh, I, Sorry, I mean- I'm just that... thinking like what connections I might have. And literally, the government of the city is something I... Yeah, I mean, he's he's giving you a speech from, like, the back of a closet. Yeah. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, uh, I only mean political in the sense that, like, he... You seem to get the sense that he, like, earnestly believes that, like, Rex sucks on a systemic level and um, <laughs> wants, to, wants to end that. Is there any way for me to suss out, like, what, so you're really just doing all this from the goodness of your heart and you hate seeing people exploited, or are you trying to muscle into a position of power? Figure him out. Love to. <laughs> no matter what my modifiers are, that is a fail. Hey, how come you're so bad at this game? I don't know. Okay. I'm trying. I mean, you could just ask him that point blank, I guess. I ask him that point blank. <sighs> he uh, smiles at you broadly, although it doesn't quite reach his eyes. He reaches into his uh, desk drawer and pulls out something that at least half of you have seen already, which is a bottle of sunshine that has a uh, sickly sour greenish tinge to the yellow. He flicks the bottle once and he says, um, this synthetic compound is 99.9% identical to the brand of sunshine that Rex has used to dominate the docks market and thereby increase his stranglehold on the rest of the city. I think that monopolies are unjust, and I think a little bit of healthy competition can only bring some uh, progress and development to the city. And hey, if people stand to profit off it, who am I to judge? We're providing a public service. Okay. 50% altruistic, 50% wants to make money. 50% C. 50% weed. weed. Roman pulls a similar vial out from her jacket. So you've heard of me. What's different? What's this 0.1%? Ah, now that's not very nice of you to ask, is it? Who would I be if I gave away all my secrets so easily? This isn't gonna fucking kill me, right? I should hope not. I can only sell it to you once then. That's a terrible business model. (laughs) I've I've heard there's a little something missing. Well, I wish that I could always have uh, uh, satisfied customers, but you can't win them all in business. I'm just curious if something is missing to make it truly identical. Perhaps there's a way of procuring that? Perhaps indeed. I imagine that uh, something like that would be uh, something that Rex might keep very close to him. 
Are you telling me you might have a way of accessing something like that? Perhaps. I mean, I, I, I'm not a chemist, so without knowing what it is, the, I, I wouldn't know how to help. Say Rex kept some documentations, a secret formula, if you will. <laughs> like a Krabby Patty secret formula. <laughs> Thank you. If we had our hands on that, we could replicate the effect and structure of the sunshine fully, and uh, I think we'd be in a great place to do business. So we're back at... Fuck with Rex Lemaire. Yeah. We're back at sneaking into the docks. Tell me a couple things. What is your pulse check on the other wolves that are currently working for Rex Lemaire? Most of them happy, afraid of Vera... Vera, I'm glad you've met her already. You can uh, see how she illustrates my point. Um, Does a lot to keep her clan in line with uh, fear and anger. You have to understand here, uh, our our, um, ways of being, it's very familial, us wolves. There's us who work together, but it's uh, not considered very proper to double-cross, to lie, to steal, to go against another member of our very, very... um, put-upon group. So, uh, my ambitions have been met with some hostility. I think that's only fair. I like to think that we've won over as many of the of the wolves as we can, but there's always going to be a few that are loyal to Vera, and if not loyal to Vera, loyal to Rex. I mean, for all of his negative qualities, he did do his part in, you know, the wolves are richer than they were before. They could stand to be even better off, but, uh, a lot of people feel a loyalty to him that I think if they understood the the broader sense of his operations would uh, evaporate. Sounding like you'd have an awful hard time toppling this empire. Which is why I haven't tried it yet. Is team on board for Operation Steal the Krabby Patty secret formula? Ravioli, ravioli. Ravioli, give me the formioli. I can pay you handsomely. Uh, well, I can pay you cutely. I don't have enough money for handsomely. And I can offer you some, uh, I don't know, sidearms, maybe a little bit of spare muscle. Not a lot, mind you, but uh, I'm invested in this all going well. I think having an ally like you, Mr. Cho, could be very useful indeed. Are you down? Nox seems. I'm pretty I'm pretty down. I, I'm just checking because we're getting away from our little spiel, but kind of, we were never really sold on. Well, you can kind of do both. I feel like there might be a bit of overlap, too, but... Well, I think the rebel wolves are the ones who have Angela's tech to make the synthetic sunshine. So I'm not going to take that away from them. Mm -hmm. I don't think that feels good or right to do. I'm sorry, Angela. (laughs) It's not going to happen. That's fair. I'm giving, like I said, I'm giving you a wide open field and seeing what sticks. For that, I think we should get the machine with their consent, bring it back to Angela and then have them steal it after we've been paid by Angela would be pretty good. And so we just come out on top. A little bit insider baseball. I think that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we need that um, enemy. I mean, we're going to anyway, if we continue down this line. Not really, because Angela's like, I don't really care if you give it back to me or not that much. Like, if we just never brought it back to her, she's not going to, like, scorn us. I suppose. I have a feeling. But I'm on board for the for the same reason, I'm on board to get the Krabby Patty secret formula. So I think the terms would be like, acquire the whatever I need to make complete, legit sunshine. If you can kill Rex Lemaire, awesome. 
if you can't do that, hopefully you can like maim and reduce his crony count. Just like get in there, but also like fuck it up as much as you can. Fuck shit up. Is maybe the terms of the plan. Does that sound good? Yeah. And what do you want from uh, Arthur Cho? I want to well, know what this has to do with the demons and them. Yeah, I think that as a team, Roman and probably Susan want like a reliable, cheaper source of good sunshine. Mm-hmm. And then on a larger scale, we all want information. I think you should ask him, like, uh, or tell him what kind of information you're looking for. Because so far you've just been like, we all hate now. Would you happen to know why someone like Rex would stop producing sunshine on purpose? As a matter of fact, Miss Starling, I think I do. It interested me as well, this question. And it seemed like a great opening for us to start supplanting uh, some power in the docks, and it turned out it was. I'll let you on a little secret. It looks like Rex was um, ordered to stop producing sunshine. And uh, it's less that he was told to stop producing sunshine and more told that he was responsible for importing something else instead of the ingredients that he needed. I, through my own uh, cunning, have managed to acquire, intercept one of these imports. And uh, I may not have all the answers to it, but if you can do this job right and prove that you don't have your head stuck up your asses, I'd be more than happy to show you. Who is more powerful than Rex Lemaire in this city? The mayor? More my dad. As I, we mentioned this before also, that your dad and Rex were uh, rivals yep. when you were a kid, and they broke pretty bad in that incident that left you all soulless and shiny. As far as you're aware, your dad has not managed to like, supersede Rex's power in the docks. When you ask who could be powerful enough to order uh, Rex the mayor around, Arthur Cho just smiles. We do this for you, and we want answers to that question, too. I'm sure we'll have a long, happy conversation as we bathe in Rex's blood and read all of his secret diaries. Sound good? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, tell us what we're looking for. Arthur Cho pulls on the industrial shelf and the whole thing slides away uh, along the opposite wall. And behind uh, the shelf that was stacked up high with books, there is a map pinned to the wall of the city and some blueprints taped alongside detailing the structure, operations, shift schedules, corporate hierarchy, earnings, and legal issues of Rex Lemaire's headquarters, the Drake Casino. Thanks for listening to episode 8 of Lakeshore. This episode introduces Hotch, who is named after our patron Sam Hotchkiss at Hotch Money on Twitter. Do you want a character in the show named after you? Support us at patreon.com slash many realms and help us do things like host files, buy equipment, work on transcripts, and keep this ship afloat. We'll see you on May 26th for episode 9.